Get the scoop on Tigers today. Listening to Tigers SRD on SportsRadioDetroit.com. Welcome to another episode of Tigers SRD here on SportsRadioDetroit.com and TigersMinorLeagueReport.com, powered by Overtime Media. I'm Roger Castillo, alongside with Chris Brown, and we this week we did two separate podcasts. So our bonus episode this week is with Stacy Gasulius, who is the host of Locked On. Yankees and the No Duh podcast, and she's a accomplished baseball writer. And it went a lot longer than I thought it was going to be, so we didn't want to kind of. There's a lot of Tiger content going on right now, so we kind of separated the show. So if you check out our bonus content, go to our website or go if you listen to us on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, whatever you listen to podcast, you can find the bonus content, some really good stuff. As we went a little bit pop culture too, as well. Stacy knows. A lot about different things, and it was really nice to have her on, and we, we went on for quite a while. So if you want to check that out and check out the good and bad ugly this week for our segments over there, that's where we did that. So um, for this, essentially, we're going to be breaking down the Baseball America's Top 30 for the Tigers, the Top 100. Chris talks a little about Matt Boyd, and just kind of review the Tigers the past couple, last week or so. They followed the Indians last night, 6-3. to three. Harold Castro had a home run. Well, the, the Harold Castro stuff, we'll, I'll, we'll revisit that too because Chris and I had a good funny take about that last night. But uh, Chris, yeah, last night was one of those games where it, it was just, it seems like it's more and more like the movie Major League. You saw that pop up in the inf- outfield where Jody Mercer's like, oh, I don't know who, who got it and uh, fell in between. And I mean, it, it was Matt Boyd. Threw like a nice fat fastball to Jose Ramirez, who smoked it to left for a homer, and it was just a kind of. It was frustrating to watch. As I mean, I was yelling at the TV during the recording last night, but it was, it was just ugly baseball all week in Cleveland. Yeah, I mean the Tigers are just playing really awful baseball, and it's been going on for two months, two plus or yeah, I guess six, seven weeks now. And it's a, it's a shame because you, Matthew Boyd is good. And he's having some struggles with home runs, but it really doesn't even matter because it's like they're not scoring that many runs for him. Like, three runs is it's kind of uh, the upper level of what you'll see from the Tigers for Matthew Boyd. And it's just, uh, you know, it's 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 a hard summer for people who want to see good baseball. Yeah, and they've been out, they were outscored by the Tribe so far, 32 to 84 on the season. They're now 1 and 12. I don't think they take on... The Indians for the rest of the season. I'm triple checking the schedule right now. I would think they would have if if they're one and twelve. They usually play is it 15? 17, 18, 19 games oh, okay. against, uh, in, in divisions. So yeah, they, oh, they take on the Indians at the end at home at, at the end of August, the 27th through the 29th. And I'm trying to think with the unbalance of the schedule. It's always kind of get and then, and then they play them mid September in Cleveland again for three more. Towards the tail end, if Cleveland, who's playing playing catch up with the Twins, who Twins are kind of scuffling right now, who knows? I mean, if the Indians are highly motivated in August and September, they could just literally have one one win against the Tribe all season long, and who knows what's going to happen here in the trade line the next uh, trade deadline the next week or so. But uh, another fun fact about the series too, Chris, is and you point out some of the strikeout numbers, but they struck out seventeen times. This is against Mike Clevenger. 
in the series in that game, he they struck out twelve times in six innings against Clevenger, and to, for the whole entire game, he struck out seventeen times, and they were able to break Chris Mikowski of the Detroit News, who wrote one of the most depressing write up. Usually, Chris Mikowski finds a way to be a little more, you know, a little bit upbeat, you know, kind of keep it. Not too cynical, but I mean, he, he, his review was just his recap was just like, wow, he he's he's what else can you write, you know? Yeah, no, it's 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 very uh, hard to find anything to write about a team like this that is just you know full of full of guys who are not going to be in the major leagues for long, or uh, you know, and, and people who are just playing bad baseball. It's hard to concentrate because you know you suck, and it's it's. I don't know. I'm trying to. How many times did they strike out last night? That's um, that's a good question, yeah. and I have the I have the answer for you. So the Tigers last night take it on Trevor Bauer, and they got. I mean, Trevor Bauer wasn't having like Trevor Bauer didn't have a dominating game, and it was one of those games where you 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 look at the way that the 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 Tigers were able to get to him early because I think with Trevor Bauer you have to get them early and get them rattled, or else you just really don't have a chance. Yeah. At least in my at least in my opinion. But yeah, uh, it's just, uh, you know, he, he had kind of a 2019 game. I think all three of the runs came via there's a solo home run to Nico Goodrum and then a two run shot from Castro. I think that was it. Yeah. So, so the he, Tigers struck out uh, 14 times last night. They struck out 10 times against Bauer and four times against hand. Trevor or, uh, Brad hand struck out every batter he faced. <laughs> just except for except for one hit. I'm sorry. He allowed one hit. Oh, but yeah. Uh, yeah, so still all four of his outs came via straight. So yeah. yeah, fourteen strikeouts. I'm adding that to my uh, spreadsheet here. Insert one above. Let's see. That is uh, that is the tenth time this year that they've struck out fourteen times or more. Wow. Um, what did I, I? I threw out some stats on that the other night. I got to see what they were. If if that was uh, where is that? Da, 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 because. You know, we, we joke about they came into the year talking about how they need to cut down on the strikeouts and they're oh, here we go. OK, so this. Uh, yeah, so that would be yeah, the 10th game with at least 14 strikeouts. The major league record for in a season is 18. So they are right on pace for that. All right. Sounds oh. good. <laughs> and the 14th game with at least 13 strikeouts and the MLB record is 26. So they didn't strike out 15 times, though. So. Huzzah. Yeah, you know, it, it, here's the thing too. Like we talked about this yesterday with with Stacy too. It's we have to be creative when it comes to talking about the Tigers in, in the sense of talk. I mean, we could talk baseball all day long, but you gotta be you gotta be creative. So so here's some positives. I mean, the Cleveland series. It, it, it's it stems from going back to just looking for flakes of gold. I said flakes of gold. I don't know why I said flakes of gold last night. I really don't know where that came from. Mm-hmm. But uh, you it's know. an old sting song. Oh yeah, feels feels a gold. Behind the flakes of gold. <laughs> Goldschlager. Yeah, behind the field. Next for Goldschlager. <laughs> behind the field. No. <laughs> but fields of barley. Yeah. So oh. yeah. Um. So before we go on our sting rants, they walked four times on Monday. They walked once, once on Tuesday night. They, uh, in terms of drawing, you're talking about strikeouts. Are you doing walks too, Chris, or no? Just, just look at strikeouts. I just look at strikeouts. Uh, yeah, they're not walking either. It's, yeah, uh, you know, like we, if people were joking because Avila came out and said something like, hey, you know, after like the Astros and Dodgers and Yankees, our analytics department 
is fourth, which I assume just means that they have like the fourth most people. Um, <laughs> I don't think there's measuring they're measuring that in any real way. But yeah, it's just like we talked before about like they the very basic aspects of um, sort of modern analytical thinking you don't see yet. I mean, maybe it's just because they're in this weird tank destruction mode, but yeah. there's, you don't see it in the minor league level. You don't see it in the major league level really. So I, I don't know. Yeah. And uh, so what was the scorn of some of my people was a tweet that I, when Henning out of all people answered this tweet about Zach Render, who got a call. So he came back up again and, and I, my, my whole point was that you look at his numbers and John Schreiber's numbers and it's not me being a box box score guy. And and when Henning's point was, well, I'm looking, you know, they're looking at what the recommendation of Doug um, McAvich. Mm-hmm. And I, I get that. Don't get me wrong. I get that. It's based off what the coaches are saying down there. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, we know what Zach Reiner is. He's not a good pitcher. He's proven that. And his numbers in Toledo, since he got one back down, have gotten worse. So I guess my point was that, and, and a lot of people were like, well, the 40-man, I get how, look, folks, I know how the 40-man roster works. You have to make a move to make, I understand how that works. So I'm not, I'm not dumb to that. But if Schreiber is, what is Schreiber not, we've watched a lot of Mudheads baseball because of the Mudheads podcast, but Schreiber, his, his walks are a little up, so maybe that's what it is. Maybe he's not, if he wouldn't get the calls here up in the, in the league, there's there's certain things that factor into it, but you're not going to tell me you're going to see at least see what he has right now, especially that that stat you said yesterday, Chris, about the 15 people who are eligible for Rule 5. Is that correct? Was that what was it was? Uh, well, yeah, they're more el- eligible. I just I came up with 15 who they might consider, Yeah, uh, and Schreiber is one of them. Yeah, I, I think with that – and. <laughs> It kind of sucks to think this way, but I, I really think that they just want somebody to come up and take a beating for some innings. They just need people to get outs no matter how many runs they give up. And if they actually think that Schreiber is, is good or they like him, maybe they don't want to subject him to that and don't want to, to have him come up. And like I, I feel like they, they might just be fine with sending Reiniger out there to give up like six runs. <laughs> like they don't care. But if they do that to Schreiber, they'd be worried about hurting his, um, you know, his confidence. I, I don't know. Maybe it is that that uh, Minkiewicz just thinks that Reiniger is throwing better right now. But it's you know the, the the options aren't great, and I I think I say all the time that that a lot of times the organization will tell you what they think about a prospect, a minor leaguer, by where they where they send them, what they think about them, you know, what where they keep them. See, sending Josh Lester back down to double A kind of gives you an indication that the Tigers don't really think much of him. Um, it's not always the case. You know, they sent Funkhauser back down to double A just because he was having so much trouble in triple A. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think the same way with like Anthony Castro. Like what? Why is we, we talked about it before? Why is he in double A? Why they've been moving him back and forth from the rotation to the bullpen and stuff like that. It, it kind of shows you what the organization thinks of him as as a prospect. Now, a lot of people disagree, but uh, I don't know. Let's see. <laughs> they, I, I don't know if they're waiting till after the deadline to really bring up some of these young guys, or if they're trying to just make it through the entire season without doing it, so they can say, "No, we really didn't start until 2020." But 
yeah, it, it's it's frustrating for fans who are like, we know this guy is not very good. Can we see someone else, please? But yeah, I would I would think too that if they perhaps saw another name on coming up, maybe it would entice fans to come out there. I don't know. I'm not saying that Don Schreiber is going to fill the sheets or the seats. However, no. he is a local product. He is he's from the Down River area. That's a story among itself. And at this point, with you have to create narratives to keep your fans interested, especially with the team being this bad. And you look at their 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 schedule. I mean, they're hosting they're hosting Toronto this weekend. Who is in a rebuild of their own, but it is not nearly as going as bad as the Tigers are. And you really have to kind of I, I remember how many narratives we were enduring to the late nineties. So we have to deal mm-hmm. with. So I feel like that's the same thing. So I mean, especially at Hall of Fame weekend right now, you have which is going to be predominantly dominated by NL. It's going to be ALS fast minus the Harold Reigns. You have uh, mm-hmm. you have Messina Holiday, uh, Lee Smith who played for all over. So it doesn't really matter on that. But then uh, Edgar Martinez. It, it would be nice to have something for the Tigers to look forward to. We're, now we're looking at all the Hall of Fame stuff that's going on. It's nothing to do with Detroit, which is is what it is. But yeah, I mean we had it last year. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. It, it's a uh, it's 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 time for Tigers fans to like think of football. I guess. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's that doesn't do anything for me, but I, I just am sort of focusing on fake trades and things like that. Yeah. But I, I do. I wonder. So you sent me that thing earlier about the twins reportedly looking at, at Boyd and Green. And I, mean, I think a lot of teams are probably looking at Boyd, but I don't. Uh, you know, I, I'm increasingly thinking that the Tigers aren't going to trade them. They um, things are bad enough as it is. And I just I, I really think that they're going to set their price too high, uh, which, they, you know, is their right to do because, you know, they don't have to get rid of them for any reason. But. Um, yeah, so I mean, yeah. But but I, I do think green would be an interesting. You know, Minnesota's got a pretty good system, so I wouldn't mind trading with them at all. But uh, particularly if it's it's Boyd, you know, if you're going to go out and you get uh I'm sure they would ask for um, Royce Lewis and or Alex Kirilov and like Ruzdar Gratterall. <laughs> yeah, they'd ask for a lot and the Twins would probably say no thanks. And I just think that's the way it's going to go with everybody for Boyd. I don't think the Tigers are going to come down from their price at all. Yeah, and, and they're going to ha- – you know, you're right, Chris. I think – but here's the thing. They're going to have to do something with – they have to be creative and then hopefully they look at prospects – perhaps further down the the line where you look at somebody along the lines of maybe like a, a Matthew Lugo, who is a shortstop that's towards like the tail part of their uh, top 50. Who's like an eight, he's 18 year old, like maybe like as that is like, for example, as a, uh, as a, a wild not, um, lottery ticket, if you will, mm-hmm. or maybe somebody I'm, I'm trying to think of another like random, like a college pitcher who. Maybe I'm not sure how he's doing right now, but I remember um, a name that I saw come up was Ethan Small, a left-handed pitcher. Who... Uh, well, I, they can't trade him yet because okay. he was drafted this year, so they have oh, to wait okay. until uh, until after the World Series. But yeah, no, I, I I really don't think they said it a number of times. The Tigers aren't going to trade Boyd for a bunch of prospects who are far away. They want like they they keep saying they want major league talent. So that's why we heard you know they want Glaber Torres. 
for? Who else were they asking for? Did the other like comical overpay? Um, well, Kyle Tucker was people yeah. were talking about, um, which I, I actually think that makes sense, but I don't think the Astros would do it. But uh, yeah, it's I don't know. I, I just don't see it happening with, with Boyd. I don't see they see them settling for a package of interesting younger prospects. Or and it's a shame because you know we've talked about. There are teams out there like Tampa and San Diego and, and I think even the Yankees that have – I talk, we talked about the Tigers' 40-man uh, issue. The Those teams actually have 40-man issues where they have real legitimate players that they have to either protect or trade or they're going to lose them. Like legit players, like potential average major leaguers that they have to figure out what to do with. They're overflowing with that much talent. So you would think that the Tigers could make uh, – could make a deal and that's why i was i was saying in our, our private chat the other day so that that i could really see them trading with tampa for jesus sanchez right who is and the, the reason i think this could work is he is in triple a now he is so he's close he's a top 50 level prospect top 30 to some places so that would give you the value that you want and his profile uh a nod to our buddy mark Fits basically what the Tigers always do. He is, he's got uh, you know well above average contact skills, but almost no approach at the plate. He's got plus raw power, but he hits the ball on the ground most of the time. So it's like, oh man, this fits the Tigers perfectly. He's stuck in an outfield corner. Yes, he's just this this guy who can hit, and it looks great. But he's got all these other dings in his game, and that's just sort of what the Tigers like. So <laughs> I could see, I could see them doing a deal for Matthew Boyd to Tampa. And and it's the sort of thing that Tampa could get away with because Boyd is still under team control, you know? Um, and then, uh, yeah, you get, get Jesus Sanchez and a couple other prospects. And he could turn out to be a, a great, you know, above average to plus everyday outfielder. But he's got enough, he's got enough, uh, you know, question marks that I think Tampa might be willing to part with him. And uh, I don't know. We'll see. If you're talking about Minnesota, get back to Minnesota for a quick second. You know who I see the Tigers absolutely fall, falling over, who has been called up right now and has been a pretty plus guy is uh, we talked about him a little bit yesterday. Louis uh, uh, Arizzi, A-R-R-A-E-Z. Yeah, Reyes. Yeah, Reyes. Yeah, thank you. Reyes playing second base. And over 100 at bats, Chris. He's batting 382. He has shown not a lot of power. Doesn't have a lot of power, and he, he does walk more than he strikes out, which is not the Tigers' typical profile. But it would be nice to have a player like that. And Shoop is not really the second baseman long term. This guy could be. But think about it, Chris. This is a guy who is playing very good. He might slump at some point, but the Tigers could fall over him. He could play multiple positions. He could play left field. And also play third base. So mm-hmm. if the Twins are willing to offer that, and the Twins got a ton of uh, infield prospects in their system, so they can give this guy up, and he's a bat that's pr- like it falls into what the Tigers are looking for. Uh, uh, check, marks, check mark, he's a guy who's played in the major league level, has experience, mm-hmm. and fills a, a, one of the largest voids the Tigers have right now, which is second base. Yeah, and he's a guy, I think he kind of, basically came from out of nowhere. Like he, I don't know about out of nowhere, but he wasn't regarded as a super interesting prospect, you know, uh, kind of a, a fringe average major leaguer. And that's, 
I mean, what the what you've seen is him hitting for really high average, and like you said, walking about twice as much as he strikes out. So that would be an interesting. It's it's a sort of like a maybe like a Polanco profile. I mean, you don't want to go too crazy. Possible Polanco was a really good player for a long time, but right. it's that sort of player where he might hit and and play some defense and not strike out, which would be I think that would be fine. Like if they could get him for Shane Green, yeah, that be- would that would be totally. I'd be one hundred percent on board with that. Uh, I don't, I don't think the Tigers would like if they were trading with Minnesota Boyd, they would, like I said, they would, I think demand Royce Lewis, Alex Kirilov, or uh, I'm trying to think if they have anybody young right now at the big league level. Cause they just, they just reassigned, you know, signed Kepler and Polanco looking. Oh, for somebody like that's kind of under squad right now. Yeah. And, and, yeah, I, it'd be like, they'd, like, I don't know. Buxton. <laughs> well, we want, uh, you know, we want Eddie Rosario. That's what we want. Or uh, give us, yeah, yeah. I, I could see them. That that's what they would ask for. I think something like that. And give us Mitch Carver just because. Or, or yeah, well, uh, yeah, you want Boyd? Give us Barrios. Like what? Why would we do that? <laughs> or uh, you know what? Here's a, here's a premise too. I guarantee you, they would ask for somebody like. Uh, I know there. There's a starter who's been going back and forth. You know who I guarantee you who like they would just throw in just because, and he does he fits the Tigers profile. Cole Stewart. <laughs> oh, the former yeah former first round pick. Yeah, the kind of a ground ball pitcher. Yeah, the He's pitched uh, well against the Tigers I think once or twice, but yeah, yeah. but his, his strikeout numbers are not good, and he doesn't project very well. But I could easily see the Tigers. Oh yeah, throw him in. And we'll, we'll we'll work him out and yeah. Like, sure yeah have him. that's cool. Well, somebody uh, who is Aaron Gleeman, I think. He, yeah. I think he, he's the head of baseball prospectus now or in some capacity. He had editor-in-chief or something like that. But he's a Twins fan, and he was pointing out how many losses. Like, he, he was upset that the, <laughs> that the Tigers are basically rolling over for the Indians because the Twins are, are – you said, that, you know, the division's getting tight now, and he's a Twins fan. And he was complaining about Gardenhire because Gardenhire was there for the Twins being awful. And here he is with Detroit, and he was pointing out how how terrible his record is. And it's yeah, when you can't really, I mean, managers can only do so much. But you, how many straight years can you win or lose ninety five plus games and still be employed? It's it's kind of strange. Yeah, especially because Salazar pitched in Akron the other night against Erie, which I watched a little bit of that, and he's coming back. And they, I mean, and the Cooper, yeah, Cooper, and the Indians also their bullpen's been taxed, so it could easily be. You put Salazar to help bridge that bullpen a little bit, give him some support mm-hmm. right now. They're four back of the Twins right now, so the tw- I feel like the Twins have to make a move in order to stay ahead because the White Sox are a year away. I mean, the White Sox are at least competing, but they're they're not gonna mm-hmm. they're not gonna buy. They're not gonna be sellers either. I think they're just gonna stand pat. Or if they do sell, it would be something small, maybe build out for the future. But you look at the division right now. They in in terms of they're the only in terms of in the American League only, Oakland is five and a half back in the West, and oh again Oakland Chris every year I feel like we have to bow to how Billy Bean does things but I digress, but still I feel like the Twins have to make a move with Salazar, Kluber you mentioned earlier, and their bats are just start the Indians bats are heating up now which is the perfect time for it. Jose Ramirez seems to be picking back up which is huge for them. Yeah, and yeah, and their their outfield. You know, coming into the year, their outfield just looked awful. Right. Uh, but they've Naquin's been playing well. Mercado's been playing well. Luplo's been playing well. So they they could probably still use an upgrade. But I think they're in Bowers. I think is playing pretty well. So I think they're they're pretty 
they're, they're in pretty good shape right now. They're, yeah. They're almost like – who is it? They're, they're talking about how they might still even trade Trevor Bauer. They might trade Trevor Bauer and then trade for somebody else. Like they – I think uh, yeah, Evan Woodbury was talking about a, a trade where the Tigers send Boyd and Castellanos to the Indians and then get Trevor Bauer and then trade Trevor Bauer to Houston or somebody like that. And I was like, well, hey. It's possible, I suppose. Sounds like a weird NBA I, deal. That seems a little too creative for the Tigers. Yeah, it sounds like some weird NBA deal, too, that you usually see, like yeah. a weird three-way deal. That's, uh, yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, it, and the fact that Trevor Bauer wearing a Tigers uniform, it also just kind of, it's cringeworthy to me. Honestly. Well, it could be like a Piazza situation where he's a Tiger oh. for like two days. Yeah. I mean, who is it? Was Piazza on the Marlins for three days or something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. I think he played one game, and then he was, yeah, he was flipped to the Mets. Yeah, yeah for the Mets, right? Sounds yeah, right. Yeah, so, yeah, but... Uh, no, I mean, it, it, if the Tigers do make a move, I honestly feel like there would be a, a you talk about a ready bat profile that I think because the Tigers second base situation has been so abysmal the last several seasons, but even uh, towards the tail. I mean, minus Ian Kinsler, the Tigers haven't really had a young. If you think about it, Chris, I mean, it's been stopgag measures since since Polanco left. So, I mean, Ian Kinsler wasn't exactly a spring chicken when he came here. So the Tigers haven't really had a young Everyday shortstop, I mean, since what, Infante? Uh, everyday shortstop or second baseman? Second baseman. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, they they tried after Polanco. They tried. Well, Scott Sutton, yeah, that's right, for a month. I forgot about that. Uh, and then and there was the Will Rhymes the, era. The, the Will Rhymes era, yeah. Um, Who's making his way as a coach, by the way. That's strange. Yeah, that's going to. And then, yeah, I'm trying to think who else. You know, they, I think Rayburn played some second base. and But, yeah, then Kinsler came in and. And that settled it down, but that was like 2013. When did they get Kinsler? I think I want to say 2014. 2014 after the uh, the year they lost with the Fielder. Um, they lost in the playoffs. Yeah, to the the Red Sox. Cause, yeah, because they you know they traded it was Fielder for Kinsler. So, yep. um, yeah, I'm trying to remember who who was playing second base for him between Kinsler and. You know, the 2010, 2011, I guess it was Infante. Yeah, they traded Turner for Infante. So he was there a couple of years. So, yeah, they, I don't know. They The second base prospects aren't necessarily a thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are a couple every every now and then. Like Keston Hira was like a pure second base prospect and really good. A lot of times it's just guys who fail at shortstop or third base uh, or even the outfield sometimes that move to second base. So, I don't know. But... I think theoretically they could have one with Paredes or Willie Castro, but I don't know. Yeah. And speaking of prospects, by the way, let's go into the top 30 prospects for every team. The new list created by baseball America that was released yesterday. And uh, we're looking at who they have for their top 30. There's two 2019 draft picks already in the top 30 with Riley Greenby at number three, Nick Quintana at number 17 that make the list already. And uh, the, the rest of the list is, so number one is the top five goes as follows. Casey Mize, number one, Matt Manning at number two. I really agree. Like I just mentioned three, Isaac Paredes at four, uh, Turk Scooble makes it and he goes slides into number five. And then the rest of the top 10 goes as uh, Franco Perez, Jake Rogers, Daz Cameron, Alex Fado, and Parker Meadows are your top 10. But the rest of the list is kind of, uh, interesting to say at least to be polite, Chris. So, uh, Chris, go ahead and uh, we had some comments during yesterday during our Twitter chat. Uh, Logan Shore, number eighteen. Okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, 
<laughs> your sigh is always your sigh is like I'm getting ready for your rant. Go ahead, as you were. <laughs> no, it's just it, I don't know if there's a rant coming. It's just you know a lot of times I think when when organizations do midseason updates like this, they don't really. Like they made a couple of big moves. Scoop to number five was was really big, and then Funkhauser down to twenty nine was really big, and both of them are are justified, I would say. But I think with the rest of it, they don't even bother. Like, uh, we have yeah. anything new on this guy? No, just leave him or move him one spot. Like, so <laughs> you look at Logan Shore, and I I just I've never understood what anybody saw there. We talked before. Uh, he's he's got a below average fastball, like a forty to forty five grade fastball. And maybe an above average changeup and no breaking ball. It's it's like what in the hell is that? There's there's I don't know. Like if you have a lefty version of that, you have Nick Ramirez. If you have a righty version of that, you have nothing. So I don't I don't know what the the point is. Why he's ranked? There's certain guys like I mean I, I get it with like Sergio Alcantara. He's ranked because he's got that 70 arm and, and a plus glove, and he, he could be a you know he's got some pretty good major league skills, but he can't hit. And he'll never hit for power. So it's like, why is he even on this list? I, I, he's a top 20 prospect. How? In what in what version of today's baseball will he work anywhere? <laughs> so it's just one of those things. Cody Clemens at 13, I think, is too high. I know people really, you know, they want to believe in Cody Clemens. I don't think he's going to hit. Uh, what else do we have on here? Sandy Baez. I don't think he's done anything in the last couple of years to justify being a top 30 pick or top 30 prospect. Matt Hall. We know what Matt Hall is. Yeah. He might one day be a lefty specialist, but that's not going to really exist anymore. So I don't know why he's in the top 30. Uh, Danny Woodrow, another <laughs> guy, I, I, you know, he can hit a little bit, but we talked before he doesn't walk. He doesn't hit for power. It's, and he's got some speed. It's just, yeah, there's a, a lot of guys on here that I don't think uh, are really going to be climbing up the boards, but, you know, there's only so much, so many people in, in a system. You got to find 30 names because that's just the way they set it up. And you look, you look at like, so you look at uh, Fangraphs list of Tigers prospects, and they have all these guys on there too, I believe. Let me see. Let me look. Sorry, I thought I had it, and then they ah, don't hit me it. with their like. Uh, so, oh, I don't see Logan Shore. Uh, let's see, where's Alcantara is 18. Scoobles up to 17 now. So, yeah, I think I, t- I tend to agree with <laughs> this one much more. Um, well, they have John McMillan on there, even though he didn't sign. That's a boo-boo. But uh, anyway, wow, wow. unless he did secretly sign, I thought he, he didn't sign their the 11th round pick. But, yeah, I, I don't know. It's Whenever these lists come out, it's fun to complain about them and say, well, that's doesn't make any sense to me, especially when there's no explanation. Right. And and they did like they, there's a write up, but other than Scooble, I, and maybe like Riley Green, I don't think there was any new information on any of these players. It was just kind of using the same scouting report and moving around. So that's what I mean. Like, you know, there's only so much you can do, but uh, I think there will be a website that will do a little bit better of a job. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. I think uh, we might be part of that. I'm not sure it's crazy, <laughs> but uh, no. And, you know, Sam McMillan, I, I, w- I was surprised to even see an update from at West Michigan, Chris. Like, I thought there would be something because mm-hmm. this is the most we've seen McMillan because outside of that, he's been down in Florida. So 
I was surprised that there wasn't more of a writer for that. And as far as uh, Jason Foley, that I mean, I think yeah. it's I mean, I think you could fly, like it, it's pointless to argue like order semantics a little bit. I mean, the only the only one, the only the biggest beef I had really was Castro behind Logan Shore. I mean, other than that, and that's only two spots, but it's like, oh, I'm not going to. I'm not gonna get super angry about it, but it also is kind of like, come on, really? Like, have you not paid attention? Yeah, it, 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 see, that's the, again, that's another reason why, like, the fan graphs. I prefer the way they do it because they give you, they show you their their, their future grades for these players. Like, this is what we believe this player will be in, in terms of future value: a forty, a fifty, fifty-five, whatever. You know, yeah. so you you get an idea. Okay, so they they consider these guys are like you said. The numbers don't necessarily matter. Uh, you just kind of want to put put prospects in tiers. That's the way I've always felt like, uh, you know, it's, it, in, coming into the year, the Tigers, we, we thought they had four clear top four prospects. Uh, it's not quite as clear anymore. You know, that I, I don't have any beef with them dropping Daz Cameron to like eighth or whatever in this right. list. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a clear top three now, I think. So it's just the way, you know, you, you, you put them in tiers, and then after that, you kind of shuffle the furniture around the way you prefer. And yeah, I, I would I would love to hear the justification for Logan Shore over Anthony Castro. I mean, and, and again, you know, the Tigers themselves don't just seem, seem that enamored <laughs> of Anthony Castro. But I just Logan Shore has not had success in Double A, not at all, at all. Uh, and he doesn't have the stuff, half the stuff <laughs> that Castro has. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I know Spencer Watkins almost had a no-hitter last night. We all, as you, you've told me before, he's an org guy, but, I mean, he's had more success yeah. than Logan Shore has. And that's and as far as Paredes, Chris, before we get to the top 100, I think what Paredes is, I think it's a little bit of boredom, perhaps. I mean, you, you're your second year double-A. You maybe, I mean, you feel like, you know, maybe he thinks he belongs at the major league level. And he did win the home run contest and uh, the double A home run contest. So maybe it's mm-hmm. just he needs another challenge at this point. I mean, I, I don't like that's just like more of a in between the you know between the ears kind of thing with Paredes. Mm. But I, I mean, the way he's been playing third, I think he's handled it very well. And again, that's just flipping order. But I, I think the top, I think the top five is, mm-hmm. I think it's fairly accurate. Yeah. Yeah, and I wanted to uh, just touch back on, on Spencer Watkins a little bit because he sure. was he was a 30th round pick in 2014, and he's been just a consummate professional org guy. And, and I, you know, that's that's a good draft pick to me. Yeah, and it's not necessarily like you're not getting any major league value out of it, but when you're getting a guy who you can move from Double A AA to Triple A and back, and 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 he's going to give you innings and pitch well, that's uh, yeah. I mean, I think that's for 30th round. That's about all you could ask for. So. Give him kudos there. I mean, obviously, you'd like to get like a Josh James or somebody who's going to pop up in the major leagues, but you know, sometimes they they do an okay job just uh, getting the minor league help. Oh, absolutely. But yeah, yeah. I don't have a beef with uh, Paredes. Um, you know, I, I liked uh, like what I saw from him in the futures game. He's just kind of, I don't know. I, I it does seem like he could probably be doing what he's doing in Double A. He could be doing that in the majors. I think. Right. <laughs> Hitting like two sixty with walks and all ton of strikeouts and a little bit of power while playing. See, it's one of those things we talk about it all the time. Like the big criticism about him was often that he's not a shortstop because he's chunky and, and like, you know, wide and, and not terribly, he doesn't have a lot of range, but that's, he's got good hands and a good arm. And now with the way that teams are shifting and, you know, three guys to the left of second base and all that stuff, 
I don't think it matters. Range matters as much for shortstops anymore. I mean, obviously, you'd love to have an Anderson Simmons or whatever, but uh, I don't know. I, I don't think it's it should be that big of a deal for Predators to come up and and play a little bit, especially if you've got Candelario, who's one of the better third baseman uh, defenders now. If you got him to his right, and you figure out something with second base, yeah. But, uh, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, that, that's why, like I said last year, and I'll say it again, I just get, see what he has. Put him out there. Who yeah. else? Are, I mean, I'd rather see him than Brian or Brandon Dixon. I mean, it's just, it's, I don't know. Hey, that's your, that's your team home run leader. Oh, yeah. You're talking about. Oh, there we go. I mean, hey. Another one of the, one of the great offseason signs. So it'll be interesting to see which kind of uh, free agent, uh, minor league free agents they go after or take off waivers this year. <laughs> you know, yeah. then see who could be the next. Uh, Nico Goodrum, who I still like, or Brandon Dixon, who, you know, is there. Yeah. <laughs> or the next uh, Nick Ramirez, who's been out there yeah. service, serviceable at best. So top 100 prospects came out, and the Tigers have Riley Green, who enters in at number 57. And there was a couple of drops. Paredes gets out of the top 100. He was at 99. He's now completely out of the top 100. Mm-hmm. Casey Mize move up, moves up a moves up. Hold on, let me use my radio voice. Casey Mize moving up to from number eight to number seven, as he's now the number seven prospect out there. And the, the Tigers also have one more player who moved up quite a bit there, Chris, in the last part of the top thirty. That was one Matt Manning with his with his latest spin from Double Erie from twenty six to twenty five. And Chris, let me tell you right now, I think Matt Manning looks ready to go for the major leagues. He looks poised. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting because he, he uh, Manning, I think Mize now is the highest ranked pitching prospect they've had uh, since 2000, at least. You know, I, I, put, I tweeted out the, all their top 50 pitching prospects, according yeah. to Baseball America. Look at that well, right Baseball now. America didn't used to do. They didn't used to update during the season. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of that would have changed before. But like, so I think Verlander topped out at number eight. So Mize is now uh, higher ranked. But, you know, every 100 list is different. Yeah. Yeah, Manning. Manning's got. Uh, if you listen to Brandon's podcast, the the, the Bless You Boys podcast, he had, he did a uh, he talked about Manning, and he talked about Riley Green a lot. Uh, but yeah, Manning's kind of in the middle of. He just seems to be fighting a little bit. Right. The fastball's still pretty good, but the breaking ball isn't quite as it's not the power breaker that we've seen from him in the past. And, right. Uh, he's having trouble with his command, and the the changeup is kind of backed up on him. So, but people are are seeing. Like they see that it's not necessarily working right now, but they see everything they need to other than that. Like, you know, Hey, the arm works, the stride works, the, right. everything's working. He just needs to, to polish it up a little bit. So it's nice. Yeah. Two top 25 pitching prospects. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if I looked at the last time that happened. I, I, I'm trying to think about it in terms of from like a quick historical standpoint uh, outside. I, I think I, I, I maybe never, I, I don't. I don't really know. Honestly, Chris, I'm trying to think about when, even when Justin Thompson was uh, in the top 100, and if the Tigers had somebody else going on at the same time, and I can't think of it. I would. I would have to. I'll have to look that up. Um, but I'm, I'm checking. I'm checking my tweet just to see if uh, see if there's any. So yeah, Turner wouldn't have been there with Porcello. I don't think Miller and Porcello at the same time. Maybe no. Maybe. No. no, I don't. I don't. I don't know about that. Um, Verlander and Zamaya was eighth and thirty fifth. Oh, so what's what's nice is if you go to ba- uh, there's well one of our, baseball uh, cube I think has has it yeah all baseball like yeah baseball uh, yeah baseball cube I was just gonna say has 
a great resource information. That's why I go for a lot of this, uh, some of our more historical prep. And I went, I'm going back. The Tigers, and they had at one point, let's see, I'm looking at 1999. Weaver and Gabe Kapler were in the top 100, but I'm trying to, try to see if there was a pitcher in there. Maybe Matt Anderson, but I'm trying to think. Um, no, but yeah, it's been a while, Chris. I, I, I let's just can we. I think we can leave it safely. Assume that's been that. But um, no, but but the Tigers in terms of their. Oh no, wait! I found it, Chris. All right. So 1998. So 1998. So they had Juan Encarnacion, who mm-hmm. was ranked number 15. Then the Tigers had Matt Anderson, number 24. And the Tigers, oh, Francisco Cordero was number 41. So two in the top 50, but not two pitchers in the top 25. Oh, oh yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. but I meant like just seeing more than. Yeah, they had two. I think I think Andrew Miller and Cameron Mabin were both top 10 prospects when they traded them to uh, to Marlins. So but In terms of pitchers, though, I'm not used to seeing the pitchers having the top 100 there. Yeah. But uh yeah, so there was that there. But uh yeah, I mean it, it's it's progress and the Tigers are still gonna continue to build on pitching. That's that's the way to go about it, and so nothing wrong with that. And going forward, it's baseball America's lists are I mean the, the it's the subject of conversation and versus something like along the lines of uh baseball prospectus or um fan graphs. So mm-hmm. it all depends on the personal flavor. Yep. But anywho, um, I was going to say, and beyond that, though, Chris, I, the Tigers this weekend hosting the Blue Jays. Is there a chance you're going to go to the Jays game? You're talking about going to the game on Saturday? Well, yeah, my, my buddy, a friend of a friend, uh, was apparently offering five tickets in a suite mm-hmm. for Saturday night's game. I was like, well, all right, that would be fun. But I haven't heard any more about it, so I don't know if it's going to happen. Ah. <laughs> but if it does, uh, you know, maybe if you want to go. We'll see, but I, yeah, I've never been in a Comerica Suite. I, I've been, I went to probably half a dozen game, uh, Pistons games in a suite because I had a friend's uh, friend's mom you know, worked at a company that had a suite. But that's the only uh, suite I've ever been to, so it would be cool to see what Comerica is about. Yeah, oh, that's always a it's always a blast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've I've done it only twice. I've done more piston suites than Tiger suites. Yeah, so yeah, same here. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. You know, because Toronto is another team that that uh, kind of in the same boat as the Tigers, although they have two potential cornerstone offensive players. They're kind of the opposite. They don't really have the cornerstone pitching prospects, other than well, I guess they have Nate Pearson. So they're doing better than the Tigers. They've got Vlad Guerrero and Dante Burr. Is it Dante Bichette? No, what's his name? Um, is it Dante Bichette? No, 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 no. The are you talking about the younger Bichette? Yeah. Um, Bob, 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 Bichette. Yeah, Bo, Bo, Dante yeah. Bichette Jr. played for the Yankees, I think. Um, but uh, yeah, so they've got two potentially elite infielders and a, and a and the hardest throwing pitcher in the minor leagues. <laughs> so they're doing okay, and their record is still better than the Tigers. And they've got some trade chips of their own, at least. Uh, Stroman and possibly Ken Giles. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of uh, fight they can put up. I think the last time we saw them was the first series of the year. 
Yeah, and it's been a while, and, and hopefully it, it, with, with the Jays, too, like I said, the Jays being somewhat competitive um, with that, too, it's it, it does help with that. So um, should be some entertaining baseball this weekend, and hopefully we'll see you out there. So out of time, and thank you so much for listening to Tigers SRD. Again, bonus bonus podcast this week with Stacey Gostulius, host of the Locked on Tigers podcast. We, we go a little longer on that. It's like uh, might, might even be a two-parter or two, so I'm just finishing up mm-hmm. editing it for that, but for all the great content, go to TigersMinorLeagueReport.com. That'll be going live on Monday. I said yesterday it was going to go live today, but, uh, of course, the magic of editing will uh, fix that. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, we'll be going live on Monday. But you always can check us out, all the episodes at SportsRealDetroit.com. Check out the latest, all the great content over there. And, of course, any great content from Overtime Media. If you go to hashtag Overtime Media, you can find stuff like uh, – the Brewers, Dodgers, we have all sorts of st- uh, partners on there. And yeah, and check out the latest stuff. The two-part podcast, a rebuild, or it's not a rebuild, it's a team build by an excellent two-parter by Mark and Kean. Very well done. Check that out. Mm-hmm. And you can find that on wherever. If you search for Tigers Minor League Tracker, you'll be able to find it. So until then, we'll see you next week.